This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 17 and 18. Don't get nervous. This is going to be brief. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> take Paul's advice from the first chapter of Philippians, or, or the fourth chapter, and be anxious for nothing. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love You and we do need You. Lord, we uh, want to come tonight acknowledging our dependence. Lord, looking to You for grace in all all that we do. Even grace to believe. Lord, grace to walk this Christian life. Grace to persevere. And grace to finally get home. Lord, it's all about You, all about Your grace. Father, we bring nothing to the table except our own sinfulness, our own need. So, Lord, we're so thankful for Your provision. out of no necessity um, on your part, just, just based upon your grace and your love, you sent your own Son into the world to save those who believe so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. And it's in this way, Lord, that you've chosen to bring glory and honor and praise to Your great name. And again, we're thankful. Lord, as we look briefly at this passage, grant understanding, we pray. We may not spend much time together here on it tonight, but we have time to meditate on it later. Lord, I pray that, uh, again, You will bring the truth of it home to the heart of each individual here. For those who know You, may it be further cause to celebrate, to praise, to magnify and glorify You, and to speak of Your mercy and grace. And Lord, if there are any in this room tonight that do not know You, may it be cause to humble themselves before You and cry out for mercy. Confess their own sinfulness and confess and acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. May all of these things, we pray, work for our good and for Your honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our study this morning brought us to chapter 17, and that's what I'm going to look at tonight. 
17 and 18 primarily, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Baptism doesn't save. Baptism doesn't save. I want to be clear on that tonight. We tried. I made a few statements earlier about that. It's it's not. It doesn't have a saving effect. It washes the body in one sense. I mean, if you go in dirty, I guess you'll come out a little cleaner. <laughs> but it does nothing for our sinfulness. It is a confession of faith, a, a public statement. Tonight, for these three young ladies, it was a public statement before all of you that they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that their lives from here on are committed to Him, to living in obedience to Him, to surrendering to Him as Lord and Savior. What does save? That's what Paul is getting at here. For Christ did not send me to baptize, he says. Long story short, um, he's, he's not saying that there's anything wrong with baptism. He's not saying that he didn't baptize. But he is about to get to the primary issue here. The main reason he is sent. The main reason... He is, verse 1 says, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And it is this, to preach the gospel. That phrase in the Greek is one word. And if you just kind of transliterate it, it would be to good news. Just to to good news, everybody. (laughs) We say it this way. We say evangelize. Christ has not sent me to baptize, but to evangelize. That is, to spread the good news. To good news, all creatures. To good news, all nations. Well, news consists of facts. And in this case, good facts. That's why it's called good news. Good news. That's what the word evangelize or evangelism means. And Paul says, I'm not sent to baptize, but to Good news, to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom. This is one of the problems with the Corinthian church that Paul is going to deal with in this epistle. Those of you who are members here, Lord willing, as we move through this, we'll talk more and more about that. They put a lot of, a lot of emphasis on worldly wisdom, what Paul calls wisdom of the world. What here is translated as, uh, eloquent speech or, or uh, wisdom. A lot of emphasis on good rhetoric. A lot like our society today. If you can say a lot and say it well, you don't have to really say anything. <laughs> and the Corinthians, much like, again, our society today, were enamored with that. Just, just be able to talk a good talk. Just be impressive. 
And unfortunately, it doesn't stop there. What, what happens is, when you get all caught up in that, is that eventually, if, even if you start out with talking well and, and being impressive, talking about the right thing, eventually all the emphasis goes on talking good and talking well and being waxing eloquent, and the message itself gets lost. The important message. And that's what Paul is saying is happening here. I didn't come to baptize. I came to preach the gospel. That's, that's, that's what Paul is talking about. He says, I don't do it with, with eloquent words or literally um, wisdom of word. Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. That's, that's his fear. That the gospel would be rendered ineffective by getting all caught up in the wisdom of this world and in worldly rhetoric. It doesn't do a lot of good to talk unless you come to some conclusions. <clears throat> I would say that's been lost in our day, but it, we, we can see from this text this has been going on for at least 2,000 years. You look at Acts 17, which incidentally was just prior to uh, Paul founding the Corinthian church. In Acts 17, he's in Athens at the uh, Oprah Winfrey show of the day where people love to discuss everything, but they just didn't want somebody that actually had some good conclusions. And so when Paul began to talk about Jesus and judgment, it wasn't long before they got enough of that. So, what is the, the good news? What is the message that matters? The message that Paul is afraid will get lost? Well, in verse 17, he calls it, he refers to it as the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. And then in verse 18, he refers to the same message as the word of the cross. So, for example, if you look back in verse 17, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Alright, what is the gospel? It's the word of the cross. And then you get uh, down a little further in about uh, in verse 23, he says it this way, but we preach Christ crucified. So the gospel is the word of the cross and the word of the cross is Christ crucified. That is, it's about the death of Christ for the remission of our sins. So here's the gospel in a nutshell. And I told you I'd be brief and so I want to I want to stay true to that. Baptism doesn't save. Our good works don't save. Genealogy doesn't save. I mean, you may come from a good line. Not even spiritual genealogy. I mean, you may say, well, my grandma was a Christian. My daddy was a Christian. I just come from a good line. And surely God will honor that. Those things don't say. And words of worldly wisdom, being able to say things well, don't, doesn't say. What saves is the cross of Christ. So Paul says, while you are getting all caught up in your rhetoric and your so-called wisdom, Paul says, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm staying with the, the main thing. I'm good newsing. I'm preaching the gospel. The gospel of the word of the cross. Verse 18, he says, It's folly to those who are perishing. The church shouldn't be shocked at that. 
We see it right here. We're told that. Jesus said they hated me, they'll hate you. In the world you have tribulation. But Paul's acknowledging here, no, it's, it's not considered wisdom by the standards of this world. It's considered foolishness. Foolishness. The word here is the word from which we get our word moron. <laughs> So you, you, you preach this message, you carry this message, you tell people about salvation through Jesus Christ, and they may just think you're a moron. And if they don't think you're a moron, they'll at least think it's a moronic message. That's what Paul says. It is folly to them. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us. And what, what Paul is trying to do here is kind of shake this church and wake them up. Don't get diverted. Don't get caught up in the wisdom of the world. Don't get caught up in the rhetoric of the day. It's not all about impressing people with how well you can say what you say or how much you can say. Our message is the message of the cross. And yes, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, It is the power of God. And that's what Paul is saying. There's no power anywhere else. It's not in the message of Buddha. It's not in the message of Mohammed. It's not in the the message of the, the elites in our culture. Those who say the answer is education. It's not in any other message. Only in the word of the cross. Here's, here it is in a nutshell. God created man in His own image for His own honor and glory. It's what He put us here for. Everybody in this room was created for a purpose. To glorify God. That's the purpose. To glorify God. You're created in the image of God. Every human being, no matter how different they are from us, They might not be as good looking as we are. They might be better looking than we are. But every human being is created in the image and likeness of God and placed here to glorify Him. First of all, by seeking Him, seeking to know Him. I told a young man again this week, and I tell people this a lot, he was talking about questioning the truth of Christianity. And I, I said, you know what? Um, and he's not a Christian. And I said, you know what? That's not altogether bad. I mean, raising those questions. But what's important is what you do with it. I mean, I mean, you have those questions. Now, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to make it a front burner issue? Are you, are you going to seek and search until you find the truth? Or... Are you just going to say, well, you know what, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll deal with that later and put it on the back burner. You're created in the image and likeness of God to seek Him, to seek to know Him. Well, and we know the story. Probably everybody in this room knows the story. We, we got off to a bad start. <laughs> the first generation, Adam and Eve sinned. They rebelled against God. And that resulted in separation from Him. And outside of Christ, to this day, there's no remedy for that. 
That's what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians. Wisdom won't do it. I mean, this was their big thing. Other people have other things. But their big thing was wisdom. And Paul said, look, in the wisdom of God, he chose that the world through wisdom would not know him. It's the way it works. So you, 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 you can gain all of the worldly knowledge and wisdom. It won't get you to God. So to this day, apart from Christ, there's no remedy for our separation from God. But, then Jesus came. God in the flesh. John said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And the Word, it's referring to Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is, He became a man. Paul says, He emptied Himself, taking on the form of a servant, a human being. He was in the form of God, and He emptied Himself and took on the form of a servant. Humbled Himself. Why did He do that? To go to the cross so that He could... Not, not just provide, but He Himself be a ransom for many. So, in His life, God became man, and in His life, as a man, Jesus of Nazareth, He did what no man or woman has ever been able to do. He lived out perfectly the will of God. In our place, as our substitute, He earned righteousness for us. Then He went to the cross to die as a sinner, not because He had sinned, not because He had sinned, not because He was a sinner, but because we are to die in our place as our substitute. He laid down His life to take away our sin, to pay our penalty, to appease, if you will, God. That is... He took upon Himself the wrath of the Father in the place of all those who would believe on Him, so that we should not perish, but have everlasting life. And He rose again on the third day, God Himself giving testimony by the power of the resurrection that Jesus was indeed everything He claimed to be. So, Paul says, He was declared to be the Son of God with power in the resurrection. And so now, all who believe on Him are saved by His grace through faith, that is, through, through belief, believing on Him, which doesn't just mean acknowledging Okay, good, we understand He did what He did and we're thankful. It doesn't just mean acknowledging it. It means becoming a follower of Him. Submitting to His Lordship. And following Him. Everybody who believes on Him is saved. And Paul says that message, Christ crucified, the life, suffering, death, resurrection... Of Christ. Summed up this way, Paul says, I preach Christ crucified. And I, I've determined not to know anything else among you 
but Christ and Him crucified. That's what He means. It's, it's, our only hope is, is Christ. It's Christ. It's the death of Christ. It's the life and death and resurrection of Christ. That's it. There's no salvation anywhere else, and there's no salvation apart from that anyway. So, He says, that message, that message, the Word of the Cross, is foolishness to the world. And if you don't believe it, ask, ask around. Talk to some people. <laughs> foolishness to those who are perishing. But, He says, to us who are being saved, it, that is that message, the Word of the Cross, Christ crucified, it is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul says in Romans. For it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and to the Gentile. That's the message of salvation. That's what saves. The message of the cross. You take Christ out of the picture. You even take His substitutionary death out of the picture. You you can talk all day about what a good man Jesus was. You take the cross out, you have no salvation. You have no message of salvation. You have no hope. You may have great rhetoric. You may have unparalleled eloquence. But Paul says, without Christ and His cross, you have no power. That's the message it says, and that's the only means of salvation. So for them, and for us today, it's still true. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. That is, there is no access to God. No man comes to the Father but through Me. And again, through trusting in His substitutionary death. Do you know the power of God? Has He changed your life? Have you believed on Jesus Christ? Do you know Him as Lord? Not just a figure from the past, historic man. Not just a religious figure or symbol. But do you know Him? Do you know Him in a real sense? Do you know that His death on the cross paid for your sin. Do you know that you have eternal life in Christ? Do you know these things? If not, I'm here to tell you, your only hope is this message. Make it a front burner issue. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for Your sending Your own Son into the world to save sinners. We're all undeserving. There's not one person in this room, there's not one person in the world that deserves Your grace. And yet, You've demonstrated Your love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, yet ungodly, Christ died for us. Father, I just close with this request.
For those of us who know you, don't, don't let us settle for empty rhetoric. Lord, may, may we be about your business, good newsing, spreading the message of the cross. And again, Lord, if there's anyone in this room tonight who does not know you, Father, I pray, don't let them rest. Don't let them rest, Lord, until they come to You. Asking for Your mercy. And Lord, we're so thankful that You are faithful to give. In Jesus' name, Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.